Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Okay, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. Here's Saul Tlamachia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. Baseball is not boring. Manager David Ross. When you get to be a free agent, you get to make your choice. And that's a powerful thing and a tough decision when it comes to dollars and family and, and a, a lot of different, th- the unknown, especially if you're switching. You know, he's switching to play like uh, Xander Bogarts. Let's just say you Boston guy, love him to death. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm not familiar with his work. He's, he's a lot of, he's a lot of, he's got a lot of history there in Boston, man. You know, that's a, he's a quality human being and, and won two championships there and a really talented player. He gets to, he gets to make his own choice. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited as heck, but it's a, it's a. I don't put the cart before the horse. I try to, to wait and see, and uh, I can't wait to whoever we get um, to to call them and congratulate them, and wait to can't wait to get to work with them. If you ever do talk to Xander, just know that you you can say much like yourself, Xander. I also have a baseballs and boring T-shirt. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's one good. It is six seventy. The score. It's the Parkins and Spiegel show. Lots of football, lots of bears the rest of the way, but a bit more baseball right now with our friend Rob Bradford, who you heard right there, the host of the Baseball Isn't Boring podcast. That was him and Cubs manager David Ross on uh, the very recent episode. And Rob joins us right now on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline, Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. What's up, Rob? How are you? Oh, man, listen, everybody in Chicago should be thanking me for getting your manager all fired up about the offseason. He's ready to recruit. Let's go. Yeah? Did he strike you as ready to recruit and ready to go when you talk to Ross? Technically, um, people can sign free agents. Team can sign free agents in 56 minutes, Rob, at 4 o'clock <laughs> Central is when, uh, when, when the light fully goes green. What, what did you think of Rossi when you had a chance to talk to him the other day? Uh, I, I think that he genuinely knows the value of recruiting. And he mentioned on the podcast about, say, Suzuki, about how what he did. And just because, you know, he's a genuine guy, so that helps. I think that that always translates into people wanting to play for you. And, and I go back to it. When he was with the Red Sox, bizarrely, he was the first call that the Red Sox made when they had a flood of free agent signings 
heading into the 2013 season. That or right when they could call guys, David Ross was the first guy that they called because they knew the value of a guy like that. So I think that Ross, as he said in the podcast, understands where that comes from and the importance of that. And I do feel like you guys know better than I because you're right in the heart of it. But I do feel he was energized from the second half of last year and energized by the fact that they probably have a little bit of money to spend. He did a great job getting the best out of those guys in the second half of the season, keeping a plan at a high level. And I'm sure he's salivating at the thought of bringing in some high-quality guys. Rob, do you see it being a situation where the Cubs are adding you know, one piece and then adding maybe in the years to come? Or do you see them making a big splash this year in free agency? You know, I, I think that the shortstop thing is going to be interesting, and obviously you played the Bogarts uh, connection, and and we were just going through the odds of of where Bogarts is going to end up, and the Cubs are way down the list. I'm like, no, are you kidding me? I don't know if he's going to end up there, but I would put him as one of the top top favorites to go to the Cubs uh, because because of the Ross connection, if for nothing else. Now, you know, listen, you can have you can have all the warm and fuzzies you want but it's going to come down to years and money. But to answer your question, I, I would imagine that they're going, to, they're going to pay a little bit. They, they have put themselves in position to, to do this, right? When, when, you talk about, when you talk to GMs about paying big money to free agents, the smart GMs will say, well, we can only do it if we have the farm system, if we have the guys, if we have built up enough behind them. And I know with the Red Sox and the Padres, for instance, they look at it that way, and the Dodgers are a perfect example of that. Yeah, they signed these guys to these enormous contracts, but they've done it after Andrew Freeman built up the farm system to sort of cover yourself with the rest of the payroll. And I feel like that's sort of the Cubs' approach right now. All right, so Bradford, you've covered the Red Sox a long time. You've covered the entirety of Bogarts' career. You know that he hasn't played a position other than shortstop (laughs) since 2014, right? Um, So I don't know. Is he ready to admit that he ought to be a second or third baseman soon? Maybe not this year, obviously. Mm -hmm. But is he going to be a willing guy to make that transition at some point? No, at some point, at some point, you just, you just, you know, it's like dot, dot, dot at some point. Sure. But right now, no. And, and I, for, I, I don't know, like, if you guys heard the entirety of Boris yesterday, I just thought that was, you talk about baseball not being boring. Holy mackerel. You can say what you want about Scott Boris, but 45 minutes of stand up yesterday. And, and within, within that was the, the, has anybody asked any of your shortstop clients to come off their position? And he said, no. And I know Bogart is a guy that he had his best defensive year of his career last year at shortstop. So in his mind, he's like, I'm not coming off this position anytime soon. Now, if you sign a seven- or eight-year deal, does, will he have to switch positions? Will he be open to it in the back half of that? Probably. But to answer your question, like I don't think anytime soon, certainly. Okay, so here here's my theory on on Bogarts and and the Cubs, and <laughs> this has been what I've what I've been thinking. They're not going to want to give Turner the ten years that he wants that somebody's going to give him. I don't think that's going to happen. Maybe it's Correa who they've had the dalliance with in the past. It's possible, but they're going to be one of the teams that will say. Absolutely, Xander. Here's shortstop. Nico Horner's happy to move over to second. Here you go. And Xander, because of his age, is going to get what? 
Six years? Max? I don't think he's going to get seven or eight, man. I don't think he's going to get it. I know what a good hitter he still is. I think there's not going to be that many teams willing to hand him shortstop, and the Cubs will be one, and they want to keep their overall years down. So I actually think that the fit is really solid there. And we've seen this in this town where they've eventually, I remember when they moved Starlin Castro to second and said, yeah, Addison Russell's better. He should probably play short. And they did that with a velvet touch. And Ross was here as a part of that. They know they could do that down the road with Xander. So I'm thinking that of all the shortstops, Xander might be, might be one of the most likely to be here. I'm sold. I mean, you, you, <laughs> just, much like I fired up David Ross, you fired me up with the Xander Bogarts of the Cubs. I'm going to Vegas right now. I'm going to have Rob on this show every well, three days. I, I mean, <laughs> but, but why, why are the Red Sox going to go away from it? Why are the Red Sox not well, going well, to bring him so, back? So this, this, it's two different conversations, right? So th- let's stick with the one that you got me, my heart rate going through the roof about. Okay. Which is, which is, I love the idea, if he doesn't land in Boston, I love the idea of Bogarts landing back for the Cubs. And in, in an idealistic world, I would love to see him reunited with Ross. Ross understands Bogarts, even though Bogarts was really young when he played with him. And he understands the value of having that guy. Because this is another thing with Bogarts, is that you're getting the guy that you know is going to be a great clubhouse guy, a genuine leader on that team. And now he's playing better defensively. He's always been a good hitter. So it makes a lot of sense. And then you talk about the contract. Undeniably, he will be getting less than Turner and Correa. No question about it. At, you know, I think that Marcus Simeon probably is what he's eyeing. And because Marcus Simeon was in his early 30s. He got seven years with the Rangers. I think that's probably where he's going to land with Bogarts. And, and would you do that? Is, is that of value for a winning Cubs team? Having seen Xander Bogarts, being around Xander Bogarts, I would say yes. That is a good investment for the Cubs. Now, with the Red Sox, they've botched this. They've botched this because we, they hate when we do this. They hate when we bring up John Lester's scenario. But I cannot help but do it. Because John Lester, when he was with the Red Sox, all he wanted was a fair offer, and boom, he would have stayed with the Red Sox. Instead, they lowball him. He goes to Oakland. He sees the world isn't flat. Then all of a sudden, he gets in the open market. Now the Cubs and the Giants are putting his name up on the Jumbotron and saying, oh, my goodness, this is great. The same thing. They had the opportunity with Bogarts. The guy wanted to stay. But now, as you point out, in a mere matter of minutes, he can sign with another team, and those teams are making him feel pretty good about himself. Rob, I got a question for you. I mean, you meant you brought up great clubhouse guy and, and, and Xander, but another guy that the Cubs have been rumored to be discussing and, and bringing over to the north side is Jose Abreu. And is he someone that, that really truly is on the Cubs' radar? Because there's some other teams that are interested. Like, is this something that you feel like is a done deal, or do you feel like it's just fodder for the MLB offseason? No, I think that you look at it's this, this, what's going to be interesting here is a guy like Obreu is how front offices value him. So we have the production. We know he can produce. You obviously know that, you know, that you're going to have a guy who's going to be able to be put in the middle of the order, and especially with a DH across the board. You know, okay, you know, that, that's, that's a value. But we've had this conversation. I've had this conversation with so many guys over the course of this year with all the analytics and everything else coming up about how do teams look at players 
and and how much are you going to value, like you said, the clubhouse guy? And is that going to be devalued? Because I know that the front offices will say, of course we value, of course. Well, at the same time, then you're, you're throwing a bunch of guys against the wall who have great spin rates. That's great. That's fine. But when are you going to say, hey, you know what? That guy might be on a little bit of a decline. That guy might not be the exact fit that we need. But, but, but over the course of a 162-game season, he is really, really important. And I think Abreu sort of falls under that umbrella. And I think uh, Ross would love Abreu. I probably already does. And Abreu destroys and Wrigley makes all the <laughs> so sense. True. Oh, my God. All the sense in the world. We're talking to Rob Bradford uh, from the Baseball Isn't Boring podcast on Odyssey. And you got a book coming out in May with Joe Kelly, um, <laughs> yeah. A Damn Near Perfect Game, Reclaiming America's Pastime. And Joe is an interesting dude, a fun dude. We enjoyed having him in here in studio. It's kind of rough watching him pitch uh, at times this year. Is he healthy? Was he healthy? When when was Joe Kelly really healthy and ready to go, Rob, uh, during the course of this past season? Yeah, I, I, mean, I think that the one of the things that someone should do with Joe, sit down with him in spring training and sort of go reflect on his entire year. And, and really, like you talk about being healthy – I think that was a work in progress. I think the usage was a work in progress. And all the way going to the end of the year was, um, you know, they, they, he, had a, he had a personal thing back where he had to leave the team. And I'm not, it sounds like I'm making excuses for him, but when, I'm, when, I, when we're writing this book and I'm following every little thing that this guy's doing, because this isn't about Joe Kelly, but it's true. I like Joe. Obviously, I did a book with him, and I love his personality. He's, he's a great ambassador for what we're doing, and I think it comes out in this book. But I do think that this is that when you have a guy where he's landed at the end of the year, I would put my money on Joe Kelly bouncing back next year um, because I do feel, to answer your question, I do, do feel like he finally gets a place of health where he can sort of be a productive guy in the bullpen. Now, listen, maybe he doesn't. I don't know. But if I had to put money on something, knowing everything that I know about Joe – I would do that, but I will, I'll, I'll say this, two different conversations, you know, obviously on the field, and he came into their studios, and your producers did a great job of, you know, jumping on the button when they needed to. With Joe. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, you know, like he's, it was, a, it was a blast doing the book, um, and it was a blast to like this, 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 having Joe, I mean, Joe sat down with Manfred for a half hour, and he didn't, Having him interview people was a trip, man. Wow. Like, having him interview people about baseball. And I said, man, you're a good interviewer. You know why? Because you say no bleep after second, every second sentence. He doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like, it, it's Manfred, it's anybody. Um, so, yeah, so it's, uh, I would, I, I understand that I sound like a guy who, who has done a book with Joe Kelly of propping him up. But I can only tell you from where I sit, I think he's going to have a good year. How long would the Tony LaRusso chapter be uh, in, in, in the book? <laughs> very short, very short. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's, honestly, it's about – it's basically all the good and the bad and the entertaining is baseball. And, and, and so not only is it through Joe, I mean, with the Correa stuff and, and the stuff with the Dodgers and the fights, and, and he loves fighting. But the, the, the other part about it is just interviewing people. Like, we sat down with Dylan Cease. And one thing, Dylan Cease, I, I didn't know Dylan Cease at all. Mm-hmm. And sitting, sitting down with him, like one thing, we have a poem in there. Dylan Cease read this poem yep. to the team be, before every start. I mean, 
like the guy is like I, I, you guys have a better perspective of him, but I'm like this is a, a really interesting guy to talk to about where baseball's going and what's good and bad of baseball, and we have a lot of those. And and again, I I don't think there was a bad. I've known Joe obviously since I've covered him with the Red Sox, and I, there's not a lot of players, if any players, who are going to be more willing to sort of just be themselves when it talks about this subject. And his passion for the game is just freaking awesome. At, at, you know, all White Sox fans are pretty excited about Pedro Grafal. I know uh, Eduardo Perez had talked to you about Grafal, and um, and he seems like a really smart, sensible, intuitive, managerial candidate. And I, I wonder if, if you got a sense about how messed up things were last season, Rob, because we we kind of knew a lot of it. We we broke it down and dissected it. They're asking Pedro Grafal, I think, just to manage these guys up, just to kind of coach him up. And by the magic of him being a non-Tony La Russa person, that having an effect, and it, and it might work. Right, I mean that 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 is going to have some power. I think just having a normal, sensible guy like Rafal instead of Tony is going to have some power. Yeah, you know, and, and I, you know, you sort of get that sense after Tony left. And and listen, I, what what I'm going to say isn't filtered through Joe. Joe did not tell this to me. Joe actually, I think, liked Larusa. Um, he, you know, Larusa obviously liked Joe from his time when they were together in Boston. I mean, this is from my own perspective, and I've talked to national writers and everybody else about this it i've never seen a team where it just felt like if you had like a pedro grafal like i always said if if the white Sox had alex cora last year they're winning 100 games that's how it felt to me and so um but you know i think this is along the lines of to your point is exactly what they need i think this not knowing pedro grafal at all but just knowing what people say about him and knowing his demeanor I think it's a really, really good fit. And you guys can tell me. I mean, I think people are jacked up about this, right? Of course. I mean, right? Yeah. Of sure. course. And the reality is, is, it sounds like what you're saying is, had they had they got rid of a coach in the middle of the season, they could have been could have made a deep playoff run just like the Phillies. Yeah, who, been, yeah. who, who, who did that? I mean, who did that? <laughs> Never heard of that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he, 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 seems, he seems like that dude for sure. Um, all right, gut feelings about how any of this stuff is going to go down with the free agency. You, you talk to a lot of people, Rob. You, you got a gut feeling about Judge or a gut feeling about, about Turner or, or, or Correa, about how this stuff is going to play out this year. It's a tough one. You know, I think that the team to watch, it, this, is, this is a cop-out, but the team to watch is always the Dodgers I mean, the Dodgers, it's because what the Dodgers do is they throw a lot of money for a short-term deal. And, it, you know, is this going to – is DeGrom going to end up there? I think a, a wild card in this whole deal, especially when it comes to pitching, is the Rangers. And I know it came out today, I think, that said that DeGrom said that, that he, was, he would be willing – or he had told the Rangers he would love to pitch, and that's what free agents do. But I know for a fact the Rangers are going hot and heavy after top-of-the-rotation pitchers. That is the one thing I absolutely do know, and they're not going to shy away from the fact that they just signed these Simeon and Seager to those contracts. They're still going to be throwing around some money, but in in regards to everybody else, it's I mean I I think that the the wheel of shortstops somebody's going to be left without a seat when it comes to late January. I just feel that way, and then what you're probably going to end up happening is you're going to have a deal like the Correa deal in Minnesota. And that's, you know, that's where you're going to land. In terms of Judge, 
I still can't get past the idea that he's going to go back to the Yankees. I just don't feel like the Yankees wow. can part with him. Rob, you're the goods, man. Thank you so much. Baseball isn't boring is the podcast. It's a great listen on Odyssey. Thanks for the time, dude. We'll talk to you. All right. My pleasure, guys. I'll talk to you soon. All right. You got it. Um, who's going to be that shortstop left without a seat? Dansby Swanson. That's funny. I mean, that's a, it's a great uh, point because, I mean, it's bound to happen, right? There's the too many market's going to cool at some mm-hmm. point, mm-hmm. and someone's going to be left out. And look at Atlanta signing all those different people to long-term deals, but maybe not Dansby Swanson. In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of The Moth Podcast for you. The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field, and then I... Uh, I look over at my dad and I, I realize that in the silence between us that something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to The Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it.